Hi everyone, Ryan here. Longtime listeners will know that if we start off with that sound, that means we pulled an audio whoopsie daisy. This time, Matt's mic was backwards for a large portion of the show. So he sounds a little off for most of the episode. If you like, you can do like I did while I was editing and pretend that he has a glass bell jar over his head. I hate recording these because they mean admitting a mistake. Hopefully, in the future, I won't have to record one of these again. My apologies to our guests and to you, the listener. And now, without further ado, episode 127, The Fury. Movies. Movies. This is a podcast by two guys that used to date, and now we don't. And we talk about movies. I'm Ryan Whedon. I'm Matt Fisher. And today we have guests. Yes. Guest Fest. I don't know why I'm yelling. Uh, three of them, in fact. Uh, I'll let them introduce themselves, starting over here. I am Kevin Clark. I am Travis Vogt. I'm Matt Lynch. They have a podcast called The Suspense is Killing Us, where they go into 80s, 90s, thrillers of, of the sort you know mm-hmm. your your basic, sexy shockers yeah your basic instincts sordid tales of uh misery and misery woe and yeah we, that was a lot of misery and woe <laughs> we recorded that's a, this is a good this is a good plug for but it's yeah. a t- <laughs> we, and it's not funny either we're just it's miserable to listen to what, what are some of the quintessential thrillers that you guys have covered i mean basic, basic instinct, instinct is, is like the, I mean, the best one we did the douglases you know some yeah. douglases you know it's uh, michael douglas michael early michael douglas, douglas fatal attraction that kind of stuff we recorded one yesterday and we did uh what did we do yesterday? Sleeping with the enemy, Sleeping with the enemy. deceived, and uh, enough. enough with enough. J-Lo. J-Lo. Sleeping with the enemy, it's... that's uh, Schumacher, right? No, oh, it's, no. It's, Man, it's, uh, it's Joseph some, Rubin, some who directed guy. The Stepfather. It sucks. <laughs> but it's bad. Yes, it's but Julia it's Roberts' follow-up to Pretty Woman. So. The Julia oh, okay. Roberts Schumacher movie is Dying Young. Oh, yeah, that's Ugh. the one. That's the and, one. Yeah. And she was in Flatliners. <laughs> Right, uh, that's right. Yeah. God, Flatliners Flatliners is probably one of the better Schumacher movies, which is really saying something, because it's not very good. Yeah. Schumacher yeah. sucks. Batman and Robin's fucking great. No, well, it's fun. <laughs> Batman and Robin is oh, fun. Chill out. No. <laughs> I do enjoy Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin, I will say, a million times better than Batman Forever. Correct. No. This is the correct no. opinion. No. No. Absolutely the correct Batman opinion. Fever. You should try watching Batman, it again. Batman it, it Forever sucks. is bad. We did both those way early in the podcast, and we were like, Batman Forever is like tolerable. No, but that, Batman get, and Robin is. Yeah, I think Batman and Robin is fun because it's because fu- I'm la- like laughing at it. I'm like, this is funny to watch. Whereas Batman Forever, I was like, what? Also, Batman and Robin looks way better. It's more committed to what it's yeah, to what 100%. It's, doing. Percent. it's the Batman Spider-Man Fever 2 is... to Batman Forever Look, Spider-Man. I think it's I mean, too much, be, though. Yeah. Uh, that's <laughs> exactly why it's great. Exactly, that's the thing. Batman Forever was a big hit, and, yeah. and they were, the studio's like, fine, go nuts. And then yeah. this is what you he got. Did. And it was funny, too, because everybody hated it. Oh. Everybody was like, <laughs> wait, no, we didn't like this. Nothing but, is told cinematically in that movie, though. I, like, I don't agree. <laughs> it's like, even, like, uh, what is it? Fucking Mr. Freeze's <laughs> origin. It's told on, like, you're looking. In, at, it's like, in a snow globe. <laughs> Look, it's yeah, it's bad. Nobody's saying it's not bad. I just think that Batman Forever is harder to watch because it sucks more. And that Jim Jim Carrey, oh, and Jim Carrey, and, and painful. And fucking Tommy Lee Jones is so bad. Yeah, I cannot those abide his. Those are so hard you know, to watch. They're at least like into the campy region. No. Oh, Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger is way no into the camp, dude. Way. There's a scene where he's wearing his bathrobe, <laughs> smoking a cigar, and making his henchmen sing the ice cream song. That's right. oh. very strange. It's real bad. I, oh, I, God, I, so honestly, good. it's funny to look at that movie because it is everybody's fault. The Batman. People go, man, how this get made and you go because you you all went you all like <laughs> oh, Batman I, Forever I opening day you all, you all like everybody made. loved Batman Forever and then they saw that and went oh wait no, no we don't yeah. <laughs> it must <laughs> have been baffling for Schumacher too because it's very much the same yeah, as Batman yeah. Forever not, and it, yeah, but remember when people were like quality. this no. was a big deal when it when Batman and Robin came out is people because people were dunking on it relentlessly even before the internet and it was all about the nipples in the bat those suit. were in yeah. the Batman they were forever. in Batman yeah. Forever yeah. Yeah. they were already in there yeah. and yeah. people were like the nipples get people, the fuck out of here <laughs> like forgot. you liked it when, in the last movie no matter what the, the oh kicker God. for me over for that takes Batman and Robin over the edge to like actual good territories. If there's a limit to my love for Arnold Schwarzenegger's cold puns, I have not yet reached. It. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, like, there's you know, chill out. You're not sending me to the cooler. 
There's stuff that's not even a pun, like what killed the dinosaurs? The Gold. Ice Age. It's yeah. amazing. It's like it's a it's a true it's true. Some of them are <laughs> incredible history books. I just will never get tired of that it. That theory will be disproven later. It turns out it was a comet. <laughs> Come on, the Ice Age! Come ice on. Age. Oh, there's you open up the door. There's a bomb in there. <laughs> You're a scientist, Mr. Freeze. You need to know what killed the dinosaurs. <laughs> Come on. Anyway, we don't we do we don't get to talk about we don't get to talk about Batman and Robin on our podcast. We can we just we're do that instead? By way of segue, though, another uh, thing that we covered on the on our podcast is our most popular episode was uh, Brian De Palma. Yeah, oh. mm. was it one of the two one, one, or both of them? The first one, okay, okay. the Palmarama part one. one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We did the best of them, not the. The second half had bad movies per se. No, I think I we mean, like kind of earlier them. and later. The early, I mean, early ones are. I mean, it was like early the ones are ones. better. I yeah. mean, Blowout Blow is like yeah, Blowout is best movie. movie. Sure, I was just watching that again, which I'd seen like six months earlier. And then when we did it for the podcast, I was like, "It's such an easy watch." Fuck, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this movie is great. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and devastating. And he yeah. did uh, like Body Double and Dress to Kill. Dress to Kill. Yeah, yeah, that, that was, was the, yeah. that was the three. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. and then we did we did a second one too, where we did Snake Eyes. Raising Cage uh, and Femme Fatale. And Femme Fatale. Yeah. And I don't know, Snake Eyes has redeeming qualities to it. You Snake know. Eyes is great. Snake Eyes that, is fun. That opening one that's a lot yeah. of fun. And it, it's... like, is a mess and doesn't quite come together at the end, but, like, for most of All it, it's, like... All the Palma shit in yeah, it yeah. is so it's good. It's Palma, he has hell, yeah. too. No, it's got, the, totally it's got that huge long take when they're in the... He's in the ceiling over the hotel rooms. Right. Yeah. All that stuff's great. I yeah, mean... Yeah, I mean, that's what I like about it. I couldn't tell you what happened in that yeah, movie, who cares? honestly. I watched <laughs> it not too long ago, but, like... a briefase at some point. Like, it's, like, a classic MacGuffin. Like, you don't even know what's in it. Gary Sinise is the bad guy. Spoiler alert. Then you find out like pretty quick. I remember not liking it when I saw it the first time and watching it again. I got that whole story, but I saw the test screening of that movie. So you saw oh, the actual right. ending. Yeah, yeah, I saw the hey. actual ending and I hated it. Anyway. <laughs> and then I saw it again when it came out and I hated it still because I hated De Palma when I was a kid. Yeah, listen to De Palma oh, Roma Part that? Two, Matt talks about. Huh? When I was, you know, I was like thirteen, fourteen. I thought that De Palma was like, you know, too showy and. Because I was trying to be an art snob kid. Yeah. And then once I started... So, like, anytime there's any flash or, or zazz in yeah. a movie, it was like, this is not good. You know, it was that kind of thing. Right. And like... then I got into Tarantino because Tarantino, like, warped my brain when I was about 15. And he idolizes De Palma. Yeah. And I was like, well, there must be something there. <laughs> Your 13 must be, like, my 28 because I used to not really care for De Palma either. Because I, I always just think, like, TNA in a movie is too, like, easy. Like, you know, some <laughs> filmmakers require that you put it in there. Right, and right. it's like... So putting it in there, even if it's stylish, I'm just like, well, who cares? Like, anyone can do this. I'm going to quote David Fincher, who's, who's a director many people love. Uh, he has a really good quote on the, on, I believe it's the Seven commentary, where he says, if you're going to pander, pander. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and De Palma does that better than anybody else. I mean, De Palma's j- like literally picking up where Hitchcock left off. Because I've been watching some of those later Hitchcocks, and it's like, practically they're almost Brian De Palma movies except Hitchcock was very old so he couldn't quite do it anymore. <laughs> yeah. Like I think it's and, like he's and, like and I can't quite do standards it. would prevent him from doing other stuff. Right. But the at <clears> the end <throat> even like Frenzy, that's a Brian De Palma yeah, movie. Yeah, when Hitchcock yeah. was was able to, he he put a bunch of new TNA in, in yeah. his movies. When they let him and then he died. Frenzy's one of the sleaziest <laughs> movies you'll ever see. Yeah. But like my De Palma like I didn't turn on it till like I saw Phantom of the Paradise and I was like, oh, he's mm. kinda got like a <laughs> crazy like street theater bent to him and then i watched like hi mom i was like oh shit now he really does have that and then i kind of started seeing him like a little bit more like political almost and like something like body devil which i you know previously thought was just like gratuitous tna i'm like oh no he's sort of like poking people in the eye who like are uptight about this oh he's yeah he's Mm -hmm. drilling them in the eye and that's (laughs) actually he literally is intended as provocation yeah if you read interviews with him from the time he's like you know everybody said that you were giving me shit about i think it was dressed to kill or something and then he's like so he so he's like well here you go here you go so he's got the scene where the guy (laughs) fucking drills through the lady and through the floor with a giant fucking drill and he's like how's that for you and it's like between his legs between his legs yeah yeah so my tongue kind of changed on it after that I was like, oh no, he's like a provocateur, you know. Yeah, I think he's just fun. 
Yeah, I, I think he's that's just the making thing that movies you have that to... make him that get him off and turn him on. And I a lot of people go like, "Well, he's trying to have his cake and eat it too." And I feel like, why shouldn't he? Yeah, that's the I... thing that you have to accept about him. Like when I was a younger, more snobby, it would be my complaint about De Palma would be like he's just yeah. cramming together five set pieces. And now I'm like, he's cramming together five <laughs> set pieces. That's <laughs> yeah. fucking awesome. And that's like it's just pure what's love great. of movie making. And he's uh, not interested sure. in stories. I Who mean, cares? That, that, I think that kind of leads us to today's movie, yeah. The Fury. From 1978? 1978, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's the year I was born. Me too. Uh, yeah. Not me. Well, 79, I'm, I missed it by a year. Watching it last night, I, I, I thought of that. It's like a Mike <laughs> Nichols quote. That's like, your movie has to be about something, but it also has to be about something else. And I think Brian De Palma heard that. And he's like, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is based on a book too, right? Yeah. yeah. If I'm not mistaken. Trash but novel, like, yeah. Some trashy paperback from the time. Oh, okay. Because I was like, I find no deeper meaning in this. Yeah. It's like the I'm best. Right it's like now. the best X-Men movie, really. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I think that there's a layer of subtext that applies to Brian De Palma's work but not necessarily about anything deep. Sure, yeah. yeah. This doesn't say anything great about like society or life. No, but or... none of his movies really are attempting to do that. Yeah. This one is, like many of his movies, is preoccupied with sight and seeing things and witnessing events. There's a line at the end of this movie when uh, the, the young psychic son who's sort of like being trained to be a weapon yeah. kills this woman. And he says, I told you I didn't have to touch you to hurt you. Brian, please stop. De Palma's point of view on this movie is the image The image is a weapon. I can hurt you by doing this. Yeah. I can make you feel something. I can get a reaction out of you. I can control you by showing you something. Also, he can literally, that guy can literally he kill can her. Literally kill her. her. Yeah. He can literally kill her. And that seems pretty awesome. Faster. 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 Turn. Again. That actually reminded me of a scene, of something in a, like a Nightmare on Elm Street movie yeah, or something. Sure. Like totally. Well, it's very much like the scene in Nightmare on Elm Street where, the, where she's yeah. getting killed on the ceiling and shit. You yeah. know, the ghost and the guy's watching and he can't do anything about yeah. it. Yeah. But I mean, the movie starts out with an action sequence where we watch guys shooting each other and we also watch a guy filming that and we see the film that he shoots. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And it's, then later that film is used to, to like... Yeah provoke the young guy into like a psychic response they're training they're training you because they're showing him this is these are the guys that killed your dad these uh these terrorists these middle eastern terrorists and so then he's like they're like training to be a weapon so they're like oh then he sees the and by the way that whole whole sequence when they show him the footage of his dad being attacked by the terrorists it's all in pov but it's also the psychic, the main character is wit is yeah is actually having a vision of him seeing this. She's in POV. witnessing oh, wow. his God. witnessing of the thing, the film from the beginning of the movie, which was like staged to yeah. turn him uh, to, to so they could turn so him this, into a weapon. It's sure. like some classic like, De Palma shit. It's like layers <laughs> and layers and layers of stuff. This is my first time seeing this, and uh, I loved it. It was great. Yes, I you all are seeing way more than I did. I was just like, <laughs> I've seen this we've all seen this five multiple times. times. This movie is so entertaining. Well, all that stuff that we just said is like adjunct to the fact that it is just a ripping good movie yeah yeah and i mean that's what the palm is great at like that's what travel like travis said that the idea is like there's a set piece there's a set piece and he fucking goes for it like most movies you watch a lot of big movies you watch and it's like there's a set piece but you're like it's kind of just feels like the rest of the movie and brian de palma lets he's gonna let you know this is a whole thing this, this one, is the yeah. whole fucking This one part. was like, all right, here's what I want to do. I want I want this to be some Middle Eastern action. Yeah. I want there to be a scene where a carnival kills somebody. <laughs> and I want John Cassavetes to explode a thousand times. Let's <laughs> make a movie. And I need shirtless this Kirk Douglas a lot. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. Kirk yeah. Douglas just Kirk fucking Douglas being his undies, being running weird. around. And being weird. I, lo- I love Kirk Douglas. <laughs> and like, so it's like the, so third, weird the third protracted sequence in the movie is the scene where he like home invades the old couple and he's hanging out <laughs> yeah. with Mother Knuckles. Yeah. Weird So great. family. I'd say. I'm pretty sound considering the ravages of time. For instance, I don't have the use of any more than one of my limbs or vital organs. Good thing the Lord God Jehovah built in so many spare parts. That's very much reminiscent of his like early comedy stuff, like Murder Elamode or Hi Mom or Get yeah, to Know yeah. Your Rabbit. Like this kind of like vaguely improvisational seeming comedy. That's where he came from was like experimental avant-garde theater and shit. Theater, yeah. And then like and then from that, that's why his stuff I think that's like why his stuff became so theatrical. Because he's like a weird tech head too. So he's yeah. like, I'm mm-hmm. gonna tie everything to a crane and have it do crazy stuff. But also he's like oh he's all like wants to 
make weird improvisational theater. He's, I mean, I he talks about it, how but... he like used to take yeah. apart stuff and put it back together. And if you think about his his big De Palma sequences as like machines, yeah. he's like, well, we're gonna put the camera here, and then at this point, this is gonna land on this guy who's gonna be walking to the left, and then the camera's gonna go left, and then we're gonna see that he picks up a thing, and this lady comes over, and they're very much like little set piece clockwork things. I was thinking that watching it though is like he must know exactly what he wants to do the whole way through because there were just some interstitial shots yeah. that was like right? a production, like the parking garage mm-hmm. sequence when they pull out oh, the man. camera set yeah. up on a different fucking building and he like pulls out for it Isn't and then cool? goes back. It's right. amazing. No, it's I like, cool I said, for the wow. sake of cool the, uh, too. But like, it's an interstitial. It doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. really show well, us the, anything. He never draws your attention to that stuff. What's the quote from the Bombach interview? Well, where people he's, have he's going, historically asked him, like, "Do you shoot a lot of coverage?" He, and goes, he just goes, "Coverage." coverage? <laughs> <laughs> there's which is, a, there's which a, is great. More a really good example of what you're talking about in the Fury, and it's even more subtle than what you're talking about. But there's a Amy Irving and Charles Durning are just sort of taking a walk on the front lawn of the the Academy. Oh yeah. And they're eating ice, ice cream. cream. And you see this guy jogging behind them and he stops. That's it. You don't even see the top of his body. You see like from the like the waist down. And then later in the big escape yeah. sequence, he's the guy with the gun who yeah. comes after everybody. Right. And it's like, oh, that's what he's doing I there. I thought it was weird that there was a guy jogging. <laughs> I was like, you'd think that they wouldn't have that in between them. Right. But no, he's yeah, just a security back. guard. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, yeah, the, the Fury. This is this is the movie where Travis and I that. Right, there's a built-in story. That's why origin, I chose this our, one for origin story. Kind of our origin story, yeah. yeah. Kevin uh, Kevin was roommates with the girlfriend at the time, my girlfriend at the time. This is uh, 100 years ago? 2003. That was... T- <laughs> Oof. Yeah. Or, we were in our 40s. Or fucking... <laughs> Two. And, uh, 2002 or three? Jesus Christ! This is before I met you. Oh, a fucking yeah. time ago. Yeah, and yeah, it was. Pre- it was before. Yeah, I think we worked. We worked at the Metro together. Yeah. And Kevin was roommates with my girlfriend, and then I tried to move in. And uh, you did. I did, but literally, you I did successfully move in. moved in. Well, it turned out <laughs> to be unsuccessful for a bit. Uh huh. Uh, that that ended after a month. Yeah. And uh, and I and so basically, like, I had to look. I had to find a new place, and I obviously wasn't sleeping in a room anymore. So I slept on the couch for like a week while I looked for a new place, and then uh, Kevin would just, I mean, Kevin would just hang out on the couch and watch, watch movies all movies day, and, and at one point, he, he rented The Fury, and yeah. we kind of both watched it and and went like, holy shit, <laughs> <laughs> at the same time, we just couldn't fucking believe what I, we were watching. We were already friends, but we were kind of, I think that's where we were like... We started talking oh, about yeah, doing comedy. Yeah, we actually started talking about doing comedy yeah. and stuff, and like, you know, so it was like, oh, that's, so then, you know... Now, cut to a million years later. Here we here we still are. <laughs> We're still in but, Seattle. Uh, but like the, I think the Fury too. Well, that viewing of the Fury is kind of what turned me around on Brian De Palma mm-hmm. because we, it was you and I watching it together and being like, "This movie fucking rocks." Yeah, like it just moves and it's dumb and it's not dumb <laughs> and it's fun and it's and like how could how come I've never heard of this before? Kind yeah. of, and I think it turned me around like one eighty on Brian De Palma to go like, oh. I get him now, but it was this movie was the one that did. And it's, I don't even think this is his best movie. No, it's that's why it's such a good gateway drug is because you watch this one, and you're like, holy shit. And then you watch, like, Dress to Kill and Blowout, and you're like, right. these are oh, way better. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, he's made better psychic movies, I think. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, he's not ca- even as good as Carrie. He made Carrie before this. Yeah. He'd made Carrie before this, and this is, like, a worse Mm-hmm. Like psychic movie and a worse high school movie. Yeah. Like the high school season this year, like, didn't you just make one of the great high school movies? Yeah. And now, like, this doesn't seem kind of seems no, yeah. not real. According yeah. to Tarantino, so I don't know how reliable of a source he is, De Palma was slightly upset that Carrie didn't, like, perform better. Because, like, in the 70s, there was a slew of horror movies that had these sort of, like, golden age of Hollywood actors, like The Omen with Gregory right, Peck right, and stuff right. like that. And Carrie didn't really have a role that called for someone of that like stature, and he always felt like he like Carrie could have been a little bit bigger. If Kirk Douglas was in it, yeah, <laughs> yeah. someone from that pour era. Pig's blood that, on his girl. that sounds like something De Palma would say. But Carrie was a huge hit. Yeah, Carrie was a huge hit. He just felt like it could have been like Omen style, where it, like sure. changed the landscape. So this was a his bit. Omen. Yeah, yeah, yeah so which makes like, sense. I'm gonna do this again, but I'm gonna get like a classic Hollywood actor to star in it. Well, and he got, I mean, he got two, depending on your opinion of John Cassavetes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, I thought yeah. we were talking about Charles Durning. <laughs> yeah. And Durning, hell yeah, who had been in Sisters, Sisters and Durning down the house. God. And it's got this, it's got this nonstop score by John Williams that is just yeah, like awesome. just Especially just hella riffing on the third Close Encounters of the Third Kind score. Spielberg loaned uh, loaned uh, De Palma two of his people for this. 
Well, they're good buddies. Oh, yeah. You know that story my about wife and have my, my wife and my, my composer. You know that story about him and, and De Palma and Amy Irving and the car phone, right? Uh, uh, it sounds like the beginning of a I joke. I think you should tell it. Apparently they did this to Amy Irving, so that's a tangent. But the Spielberg had one of the first car phones. So he and De Palma would drive around in Spielberg's car and like call up chicks and go like, hey, do you want to hang out with us? And she's like, yeah, come pick me up. When are you going to pick me up? And they're like, we're outside in the car right now. What? I got, 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 got what? Yeah. yeah, Spielberg trying to be trying to be one of the boys, yeah. hanging out with De Palma. I remember uh, reading a reading a story about like her, the relationship that he had with Amy Irving. This was in Easy Riders and Raging Bulls, so who knows how much of it's true? But yeah, the guy like just at goes, least seventy five percent fake. Yeah, the guy goes on and on about how much how Amy Irving just thought Spielberg was a dork. <laughs> yeah. That was his wife. <laughs> she was always making fun of him apparently for being a nerd and stuff like that. Well, and then she left him. He's yeah. got it right the second time because Kate Capshaw liked him because he was a dork. Right. According to yeah. when you see interviews where she's like. Fell in love with him when he took her on a date to play Pac-Man or whatever. Oh, man. <laughs> and, and, which, is ador- which is an adorable story. Mm-hmm. Pac-Man was like, cooler at the time, too. I think it was Space Invaders. I don't know. He was very excited about video games, and she was like, who's this nerd that I'm suddenly in love with? And yeah. so that's, he translated that love into Ready Player One. Is there any <laughs> other classic director who's made as many terrible movies as Steven Spielberg? You could argue De Palma. <laughs> yeah. Okay. How many I mean, he hasn't made a good one. Wait, I mean, but, you wait, know. He's only made three not good movies... Redacted. Steven Spielberg? <laughs> yeah, Spielberg. Oh, uh, Spielberg, I think he's got yeah. a lot of bad movies. I, mean, well, I also that, don't like uh, the BFG. I think 1941 is. Uh, that's but that that is not even close to terrible. <laughs> despite how you feel about terrible. it, 1941. I enjoy watching it. Has but it all sucks. of this other stuff that's going on besides the fact that the narrative doesn't make any sense. But that's my main problem. <laughs> I mean, I think it's weirdly funny. Anyway, we're not supposed to be talking about this. <laughs> yeah. We can get back have to we, Palma again. Have we talked about the plot of this movie yet? Should we do that? I don't know. Nah, 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 I mean, because it's want. like, because it's like pretty fun. Like Kirk Douglas, like gets, he's almost dead, and then he shoots, he shoots Cassavetes in the okay. arm. I, yeah, just, I didn't it's know like his death is going into this movie. I, I knew nothing about it, and it's that's just great. like they're, that's, they're fucking, that's exactly the how we watched it the yeah, first time. It was great. I mean, by the end, I was clapping. And I was yeah. watching it by myself, so that was it, good. Yeah, it's a clapping. It it's has, a movie that makes I, you clap. I didn't realize the beginning that it was going to be what this movie was. It's just I thought they were on the beach just hanging out, and then, yeah. oh, they're going to go back to the United States, and something's going to happen. Then a boatload of machine gun <laughs> wielding Arab people come in. Yeah, and that's, like, oh, okay, that's what kind of movie we're in store for. Yeah, and then, but then, and they're, then, but then they're, they're, they're not. not. They're, yeah, they're CIA they're not. agents. Yeah. And then Cassavetti's just like, good, did you get that all in the film? Great. And then Kirk Douglas is like, shoots his arm. Yeah. He kills, yeah. His arm. kills his arm. By the way, with a machine, with a that, machine that gun. That bit where, where Cassavetti's, like, it's revealed right away that Cassavetti's was in on the hit and it's like a scam. That's the thing that would happen at the hour mark right, of yeah. a lot of yeah. movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's how that that's that's how you start a movie because it starts out and they're in the Middle East and you know it because it says the Middle, Middle East, East. <laughs> yeah. just somewhere so, you know it's a region and uh, <laughs> and then there's like three lines where so where Kirk Douglas is like hey, I'm talking about your gift son <laughs> and then and that's we're gonna and spend then, and you then, said to do a special school when we get back and he's like okay it. dad sure and then just they guns. Love, and they, they yeah. love and each other wow shit and they love each other and they're swimming they're having swim races yeah. and it's great and his, ah this is gonna be fun because he's this like. Most fun we've had since mom died. <laughs> yeah, does he say that? Something yeah, like that. It's basically yeah. shit like, like that. that. He's like, you well, when your mother died, up. she didn't know you were a psychic monster. <laughs> it's so great. It's so like, just okay. Here's your movie. Yeah, here you go. Fucking dump you in. And then, and then later when he's like, you see Childress, ask him if it was worth his arm. What happened to his arm, Peter? I killed it the machine gun. And he drives a car into the, into the ocean. <laughs> the I love it. He's like, he drives it and you're like, okay, well, this movie's and it's, great. It's with, that's with Dennis Franz. Dennis Franz. De Palma yeah. regular Dennis Franz. Yeah. How many? This, yeah. Five movies? Did he do uh, five movies? De Palma? He's blowout. He's in to all, kill, all, all three that we did on the first episode. Uh, yeah, and he's in uh, Body Double, Body so that's double. four. I don't know, that's uh, four at least. Isn't he in Raising Kane? No. no, he gets replaced by Greg Henry at some point. Who becomes the new Dennis Franz in Brian De Palma <laughs> films? Greg, yeah, Greg wait, they're both, but they're both in Body Double. They're both right? in Body Double. Yeah, so yeah. like it's like that's the transition movie where it's become <laughs> Dennis Franz slugs away, and then Greg Henry is in all of them. It's funny too because whenever I see, whenever we can't I watch, have both. Uh, whenever I watch Femme Fatale, the way Greg Henry yells at Antonio Banderas at home, he's like, "Well, you didn't know this, Mister Bardo." I can always imagine Dennis Franz saying those <laughs> yeah. exact same lines. <laughs> Well, you didn't notice, Bardo, but uh, it got some pictures of your girlfriend. Hey, McLean. <laughs> hey, McLean, what sets off the metal detectors? <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, so basically, like, the movie is Kirk Douglas's uh, uh, X-Men gifted child gets kidnapped by John evil John Cassavetes yeah. for mm-hmm. evil For military. Firestarter purposes. Firestar- mm-hmm. yeah. It's Firestarter. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. It's this better. does have the vibe of a shitty Stephen King book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, no, I definitely got Firestarter vibes. But, it, like, well, that part of it. Yeah, yeah. The other part, like, the beginning of it especially, like, I get, like, strong North by Northwest vibes. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Even, like, the car chase sequence, like, it seems like John Williams kind of doing a Bernard Herman thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. it's absolutely 100%. a Herman-esque score. But it's also, like, it, that's what's also Close Encounters is, but it, like, that's why I kept going, like, man, this is Bernard Herman. Oh, no, right, this is, because uh, I think I watched The Trouble with Harry right after I watched this, like, last week, and which I'd never seen. And that score is a lot like the score in the Fury, kind of. It's yeah. like, oh, weird. Hmm. Which, really? They're, they're totally, comedy, totally, totally different movies. Trouble with Harry's a comedy. Yeah, 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 it's a goofy comedy about how a bunch of people find a dead body and, and they don't know and what to do with it. Do stuff. It's a terrible movie. I mean, yeah, arguably, <laughs> arguably, a lot of De Palma's best stuff has this like very straight comedic thread going yeah. through it. I mean, I mean, the, when he gets in that car chase, it's two off-duty cops, and Dennis Franz is talking about how he just bought this new car, and then, <laughs> and it's all he's talking about, and then Kirk Douglas gets in the car with them and is like, go ahead and drive, he's got a gun in it, and You're it's a very arrest. funny, nice, like, <laughs> right. every time he, he, like, takes people hostage, it's like a comedy scene. Like, he takes those people hostage in that yeah. apartment, and it's like he's talking to the grandma, and she's feeding him, and he's coloring his hair. And she likes him more than she, she likes, likes her family. Yeah, and then, like, he, he, nice he kidnaps the cops, and he's, like, getting in a car chase with them in his brand new car. But they're kind of, like, chummy. Yeah. Because yeah. he's, like, he's like this nice... You're like, well, I kind of like this guy. But Dennis Franz keeps well. worrying about his, his, new, his brand new car yeah. that he just got, just, like, right before we saw him in this scene. He's like, I just drove it off the lot. Oh, God, please, God, don't let anything happen to my new car. Oh, no. Why am I taking it to work? <laughs> Not my car. It's all super fun. This movie yeah. is just very fun. And he'll yeah. do even, like, the low, the, the like the lowest of the lowbrow shit. Like, the guy, the agents are watching the house, but he's like, hey, go get me a sandwich, and then they're not paying attention. But we're looking at the screen. Mm-hmm. This has one of the earliest examples I can ever remember of the, like, we watch a character go through a space on security cameras like oh yeah yeah we, they're spying on the psychic school and we're watching the teachers go from room to room in the house yeah this is 1978 yeah. like yeah. i don't even know if you can point one to one that's earlier than that it's it's well done too. I also don't know of many movies that end with somebody exploding. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Mean, Anybody over and over and over again. <laughs> yeah, and they get they get, they. I mean, he like went like we're setting up ten cameras when we blow this up, and we're going to use yeah, every, every single even if there are, <laughs> even if there are plenty angle. of movies that end with a dude exploding, none of them end with a dude exploding right. like Credits. his his his. <laughs> Head is flying in slow motion towards the camera, and it cuts to black. It, yeah. His head, his head bounces on the ground, <laughs> and it cuts. To, it cuts to the credits. His like face, and it's a pretty good like Cassavetti's yeah head. Yeah, I think that that scene, and you know, Kevin said like us watching Fury together was when we. I think we both started to f- get De Palma a little bit more than yeah. before, and that scene is it right there because it's just pure. Fun. It's so it's good. Just I, pure joy. I watched it again today, just the last five minutes or whatever yeah. it is, and it works so well. And the the music, everything, and the way it's cut, her acting is really it, good. It seems corny with her like holding her hands out. Like I love it. She's hours. selling it though. Hey, man. Like, you feel it. Like, hey, that's yeah. how you know with it. That's how you know it's X Men powers, yeah. <laughs> right? It's like, yeah. Think of all. Think of uh, how much money Benedict Cumberbatch and Michael Fassbender have earned from standing in front of a green oh, screen yeah, and just, just like waving them. their hands yeah. around and making like stern right. faces. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> So, how different would this movie be if someone other than Kirk Douglas was in that role? I think it would like be. Who? I think it would be. A, that would be a tragedy. It'd be less. It'd be less Kirk, weird. I think Kirk Douglas is like really doing a lot of weird when shit. When he's in this standing movie, in that phone booth, that is yeah. your body, baby. Yeah, I, I need your body, baby. <laughs> I need your body, baby. Who directed him on that line? That's, I was confused. There's a thousand well, ways. Well, at that point, you don't know what he's doing. Yeah, and so, but now when you watch it a second time, or you know. It's like he's he's calling her and he knows he's being followed and she, and her phone might be tapped so he's pretending to be like a that's creepy code. stalker uh, caller and that's their code and so I he, he says I need your body baby no no that's too. their code okay. like and it's goes, me and that's when she goes oh 
Right. And she hangs up and she like runs out to get him because that's their like that's their like okay, password. Okay. Like you know. Oh, but, and then he sleeps but, with this much with this, much, does, no, this nice her. woman. He also fucks. And her. in yeah. her van. Yes. Yeah. In a van. And she has a sweet VW van on a the roof of a building. In her van. And it's also he's it's also his fault she gets killed. Yeah. Sure is. And he's yeah. already broke, he's actually totally. pretty broken up about it. And he's not trying to kill her, but he like shoots the guy, one of the guys in the car, Driving, right? Yeah. And the, and then that because they're going yeah. after yeah. they're going amazing. after Amy Irving, and then it's all in slow mo. It's so fucking good. But then it like he like you know hits the wheel and, t- and turns and then runs over his like girlfriend, and she fucking splatters through that yeah. windshield. Yeah. It's like shattered. It's like oh no! He shoots the guy right in the fucking forehead too. Yeah, that's that piece. That, yeah, that's so fucking good. That whole escape <laughs> sequence is really good because it's all slow motion. Number one, it's yeah. like five minutes slow motion. Yeah. Yeah. something. It goes on <laughs> it's forever, amazing. and it's just music. Like they don't really use any sound effects. Mm-hmm. You uh, got, you, God, man, you gotta. I understand if people don't like Brian De Palma, but man, yeah. nobody so does shit like I this. Kinda, this I kind of shit's kinda hard to do. We used to have yeah. a coworker every yeah. time we would talk about De Palma, he'd be like, "You mean Hitchcock?" Yeah. Oh, come <laughs> on. And just you know, like, even if, what, yeah. what, if it's derivative, whatever. Who the, cares? Plus yeah. Yeah, who cares? He works so he puts so much work <laughs> in it. That's no, people don't do this stuff. Yeah. He puts yeah. the work in to make so these much beautiful film things. Film was used just to do that. When you <laughs> well, think about just it, because it's faster. So yeah, and just like. I've come to hate when people are like, boy, I mean, yeah, that was a movie, but like, couldn't it have been a little less of a movie? Like, I feel like people like, <laughs> like people are constantly be, talking be about like, less of a movie and more about couldn't something. Couldn't it be more yeah. normal? It's the same yeah. problem I have when like Tarantino for, for whatever faults, like that people constantly for his whole career have been going like, when is he going to just make a normal movie? And you're like, why do you up? want that? <laughs> why do you want him to just go and make a like, a what? Like a, a period world, piece? Yeah. Or like, we just want, we need to, we need to hold, pieces. we need yeah. these guys to hold back from there. I, the sh- I sure like would like it if Wes Anderson would stop making these Wes Anderson movies. Right. And this Kubrick is. Say. Too many dolly shots. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't. It's like so. I feel like, when, and then when people compare him to Hitchcock, you're like, so fucking what? So yeah. Hitchcock like invented shit. Was Hitchcock ripping off Orson Welles? You know what? Who's yeah. who, who cares? Know, at, at some yeah. point, you're like, well, who cares? What are we talking about here? Isn't this a? Isn't it like the fact that he's like fucking making a movie? Yeah. There's a shot. Like, great. There's a shot. A perfect shot coverage. to me that really sums up how just Brian De Palma's like unreal desire to go the extra mile at least visually speaking in uh, Carlito's way actually which mm. is pretty good but there's a shot in it of it takes it's a period piece takes place in the 70s uh, and there's a shot that begins pointed out a window of a street and then pulls back and it's just a, a meeting that Carlito's having in an office yeah. Uh, he had to do all the, put all the cars on the street. <laughs> yeah. He had to period up the whole street yeah. just for one shot where the camera pans back. He could have just started where the camera ends up panning back. Or to like, him. or like in the there's a scene in the Untouchables where yeah. Costner and Charles Martin Smith are on an airplane That's and right. they're like yeah. talking about like, okay, we looked at the books and we think we got them on the tax evasion thing. And the camera pulls back and they're on this very elaborate like backlot. Air, like fake airplane set with like smoke blowing through the engines yeah. and all this stuff. It's like this very expensive shot. It's like, what do we even yeah. need this for? You we just, don't. It just looks awesome. You just don't do that pullback. It doesn't yeah. change the movie at all. Doesn't you save seventy thousand dollars. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. Stuff. I mean, I feel that that I feel like that's part of the reason that like Brian De Palma doesn't get to make big movies anymore yep. from the studios because you watch something like uh, the Marvel movies. Which I like pretty much all of them, but like when Brian De Palma goes like coverage, yeah. watch those movies. Those movies are only coverage. Yeah, like yeah. that's all that they're doing now. They're just like get a piece here, a piece here, a piece here, we'll and we together. will we'll put shoot, it together. We'll shoot for the edit, and then yeah. you know if it doesn't quite work, we'll throw a couple hundred million into some CG to make the characters to face replace characters, yeah. you know, or whatever. <laughs> and I mean, I like. And by the way, I like those movies, but it's just sort of like the Russo brothers aren't fucking. They're not directors. directors. They're producers. Yeah. They're like they're just putting all this stuff together, you know, yeah. and it's like neat. And some of it works, and some of it's. Yeah cringy or whatever but. that's something i wanted to bring up with this movie that i noticed like i've been watching a lot of mindhunter and uh yeah, I just man that is watching, a great fucking great. show and i just got finished watching glow which is another mm-hmm. example of like something you're, when you go back to do a period piece you have to like find things of the era or like you know print labels or something like research it but like a movie like this that's so opulent in production design just on its own mm-hmm. is great it looks real and it looks stylish 
And it's like you can just point to that and be like, that's what the 70s look like. Yeah, yeah. this yeah. was 1978. Yeah. They didn't have to like find the special label for that scotch in that fireplace scene. <laughs> yeah. That was just what they had. You know, right. like, and there's like a fish tank behind him. Like they didn't have to go figure out, oh, would this place be decorated this way? Like, yeah. I love that. I love that room. I loved the room where the spinning lady uh, dies with like all the uh, weird. Is that the same, oh, yeah. is that the same room where Cassavetes dies? Is no, the, no. Then later that bedroom, bedroom. All the bedrooms are crazy in yeah, this really movie. Opulent. The wicker one that she where she's staying at the at the school and she yeah. has like all that wicker furniture and like I don't know when they walked in I was like, <laughs> she's like it's beautiful. <laughs> There's a whole great sequence where they're like in the middle of this too, where they're she's just at the school and kind of having a good time that I'd forgotten about, where she's like playing like uh, yeah, playing pong yep. <laughs> <laughs> on the projection TV. Yeah, uh-huh, on the projection uh-huh. TV, and it's kind of like no, oh, she's just like having a good time at school because she wasn't at her old school because there was something wrong with her and she right. kept making. Because Daryl Hannah kept, kept picking on her. Yeah. She kept almost killing making her classmates. Her bullies, bullies. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I saw Daryl Hannah. I was like, ah, oh, that can't be her though. This is too early. And then no, I'm that's Daryl Hannah. One hundred percent her screen debut. She kept yeah, she kept almost carrying all. Of her, uh, all of her, <laughs> <laughs> her. So this is this movie. It does feel like not a corrective to Carrie because there's no reason to, but like a follow up. Like it's almost like a sequel to Carrie. It's like like that Stephen King. How Stephen King does that in universe shit, where it's right. like you know, Firestarter kind of technically takes place in the same world as Carrie, and so it's you know, there, there's like right. there's like little connections. But you don't the have shop to... will still show up in this fucking right, book exactly. that I'm writing. Yeah, the too. shop. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need to know any of that to enjoy them. But like this movie feels like it could be. It's like. Carrie's over here destroying her high, burning down her high school. And meanwhile, this group of people are like, we're the government people are like studying like yeah. psychic kids. And so yeah. then, you know, this is like the three days of the condor version of, yeah, of yeah, Carrie, yeah, yeah. you know, because yeah. there is the high school stuff, but it gets out. She gets out of there pretty quick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it's mostly about like uh, Kirk Douglas's weird uh Spycraft and uh, buff upper body. <laughs> <laughs> he's in good shape. He's, he, still, he's still alive. He's, yeah. Kirk he's, Douglas is still alive. He's, he's like 103. He's 102. Yeah. He's still alive. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Didn't they do a movie recently? Didn't he do a movie recently with uh, Michael Douglas? He hasn't Douglas? done any movies he's, recently. He's definitely been well, out of commission like for three, a decade. Two, I thought it was like him, Michael Douglas, and then who's the younger? I don't know. I thought the there was like Douglas? a three-generation movie they no. did. Is there a younger no. Douglas? I don't know. There no. probably is, but I, the bloodline ends with that. I'm not sure what this is. I think did I dream this? They've Maybe. wheeled him out at like awards shows. Yeah, well, he was at yeah, the, Oscars the Oscars a couple, three yeah. years ago, and yeah. it was just like, oh my God. <laughs> just like, <laughs> just let the man go to take a nap. <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't put him out on stage. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he clearly was like looking around. He's like, where am I? Oh, like, no. Yes. This is like Robert Loggia. I need your uh, body, baby. It was almost as good as when like Elizabeth Taylor did Best Picture for Gladiator, and she was like clearly drunk. And the winner is, and it's flashing envelope. She didn't even know what was happening. <laughs> just read, just say the word. Gladiator. They did the same thing with Robert Loggia in Independence Day. Oh, two. that's the worst example and of this. It's very. It, you're like who. In his who approved <laughs> part this? of Robert Loge's estate or whatever allowed oh, no, this to happen. Really? I mean, it's it probably was his depressing. lawyer. I was like, yeah, we could use the extra eighty yeah. grand. Let's wheel the no. old guy out onto the stage and humiliate him. I haven't <laughs> seen Independence Day too. Robert Loge nets eighty grand for an appearance. Goddamn right, I do. <laughs> Robert uh, Loge, we're talking about here. Who's, who's orange juice movies. are you fucking drinking? They're preparing to fire their primary weapon. Guys, a guy is a gift from God. National treasure. If he's not, it's a crime. What is Drink that? your orange juice. Drink your juice, Billy. Try some new Minute Maid orange tangerine. It's got calcium. Then I'm not drinking it. Oh no, it's sweet. You'll like it. I don't believe you. Well, then who would you believe? I don't know, Robert Loja. Oh, Robert Loja. Billy, your mother's right. That's during that period of 90s commercials where, like, they, advertisers were doing weird, funny... Like, every Little Caesars commercial that was on was, like, some bizarre yeah, cartoon. Oh, yeah. You're like, this is great. And then advertisers were like, no, we're going to stop doing that now. Because yeah. they were, like, making weird commercials like that where you're like, somebody mm. convinced them to just do that? Because the, the joke was... It was like they pitched a joke at a at a ad meeting and the... At old ad execs went sure, and the guys pitching go like, "Oh, okay, I guess we better call Robert oh. Loja's agent." Uh, do you want to be in an orange juice commercial? Have you guys figured out why our podcast runs over two hours every time? It's because we can't fucking stay on topic <laughs> at all. Three movie, like right, but I mean, true. like we can't even talk about one movie for like forty-five straight minutes. I mean, uh, some know, of the movies we, we can do make are room for Robert Loja orange juice commercial. I agree. I mean, that's that's our philosophy. <laughs> Speaking yeah. of orange juice, remember the orange. Scene in uh, 
The Fury? No, I don't know. I remember the, the <laughs> How ice... about that BLT sheets that was made by Large Marge? <laughs> How about Wasn't the ice cream? Large yeah, that's Large Marge. Yeah, it is Callahan. totally Large Marge. Oh, yeah. oh it is? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> Once they get to the Academy, like, there's a little downtime, I feel... So it kind of like made me pay attention to like the camera work a little bit more. Like I wasn't watching like yeah. the spectacle. I was kind of like getting technical. And that scene where they're making like ice cream sundaes. I've been thinking we should have a little treat just for ourselves. Like what? Hot fudge sundaes. Those sundaes look disgusting. Oh, I thought it well, looked great. Putting, like, well, Matt can't handle some... ice cream. I can't oh, eat any right. of that. They also put nuts in it too. I'm deathly allergic to those too. <laughs> <laughs> God damn, it's, a, it's, a, it's yeah. a, like a miracle it's you're like, still alive. Wasn't in a cup. <laughs> but I felt like it was just like an acting exercise. Like, uh, you know, instead of like being on the phone with a bottle of water, it's like, okay, you got to deliver a dialogue while making an ice cream sundae. Yeah. <laughs> what am uh, I doing in this scene? While you're making an ice cream sundae, a little bit of business. Yeah. <laughs> that's part, yeah, that's like that. That's the whole, that's the Palma though. It's like, yeah, you're not going to yeah, just be the standing just there. Sort of gently like panning yeah. back You're going forth. to be making an ice cream sundae. Mm, with it. You're not going to get fixings. to eat. We're going to do 40 takes of this and you're going to have to throw out all this. All this <laughs> it's not even sundae. ice cream. It's just Crisco. <laughs> yeah. Lord. <laughs> she takes a big mm. bite of that. Mm. <laughs> Acting. It's, it's got like, she got the ice cream, but then she's got like six cups of toppings and then a bunch oh. of other stuff. And there the cookies so are arranged artistically. Fudge. As like, a person who can eat ice syrup. cream, I was uh, very, uh, I was really into that scene. I want to, oh, you I can, can eat yeah. ice cream and I do. <laughs> <laughs> as, you, as you can tell. The camera moving, you said, while they're talking, and then earlier, uh, Kirk Douglas and his son, that same thing, but they're just sure. in the Mideast. Sure. That movement, it reminded me of Michael Bay, because he can't, <laughs> let, he can't let the camera st- you know, sit still a right. little bit. Matt is a really big fan of uh, Michael Bay. Bay. In I'm fact, you could Michael say Bay that fan. to Matt, Bay is Bay. Bay is Bay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But I mean, I feel like Bay, like Bay's sort of like constant movement of camera does come from. Although De Palma's more motivated, yeah. I mean, generally. Michael Bay just wants to show you the. Ma- He's a maximalist. He's just making the biggest, yeah. largest, most bombastic image he possibly can, and he's going to stick twenty or thirty of them together in about fifteen seconds. And- right. You know, there you go. And De Palma does that kind of too, but he's doing it. It seems like there's like always like three levels of storytelling going on. Yeah, when he's yeah. Doing that, as opposed to just like I want this to be the coolest shot for five, <laughs> maybe for maybe a point five seconds <laughs> five of frames. a robot peeing on John Turturro. Even in that like Sunday <laughs> making scene, it's like the camera still like times up perfectly with like the the cook who's like coming in and out right. of the frame and. Like it's still like there's a, a a choreographed nature to it where everything's timed up and synced up. Yeah. And I feel like it, yeah, and I feel like it actually was going along with the dialogue at least in the Kirk Douglas son scene because it's like it was moving one way and then when it shifted the the tone of the conversation shifted. Maybe I made that up. <laughs> no, you're probably right. I mean, he's like like I said, he's like character the kid character in Dressed to Kill is like Brian De Palma when he was a kid. He was like a huge a nerd who would like build all these gadgets and stuff and so like when he those shots are perfectly timed out it's because he like fucking swiss watched those things like he like (laughs) he built he builds those scenes so that they perfectly fucking time out Mm -hmm. he to the millisecond or whatever Mm -hmm. there was there's a i think there's like a big dick contest between him and scorsese the famous uh copa tracking shot is like one second or something longer than the tracking <laughs> shot down the hallway in Untouchables. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That is lame and fantastic. <laughs> well, you know. Also, go on YouTube and look up. There's some great uh, Dick Cavett interviews with Brian De Palma and uh, Martin Scorsese. It's coked out Scorsese. Like, De Palma, wow. I would probably say, maybe did coke, but was like, sure, I don't know. I He's don't just a weird De, guy. De Palma does not... De Palma right. seems a bit uptight. But he also seems like the guy who maybe tried it and then went, I don't know what the big deal is. <laughs> Whereas Scorsese is on Dick Cavett. Like, he's like, uh, I'm going to wait for the commercial break. I'm going to do five more bumps. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and, and he seems insane. <laughs> yeah, and, but not, you look, and look frankly, when he's not on coke, he seems insane. <laughs> yeah. So like, oh, yeah. it's just the idea. Like when I first heard, because I think I was aware of Scorsese for a while before I knew that he'd ever had a coke problem, and it was like that dude did coke. Oh my <laughs> god! Oh no! What a nightmare for everyone! Yeah. You're telling me he was married nine times? That's funny. Yeah. Untouchables yeah. and Tarantino have come up a bunch in this because. Uh, after having seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood a few times, you and I, Kevin, have talked about how it goes Hitchcock, De Palma, Tarantino. Right. Untouchables is patient zero for the Tarantino revisionist history. 
pulp thriller. Because I know what that means. So it's Untouchables sort of... is wildly historically inaccurate. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's basically and a fantasy. Well, like Tarantino totally idolizes De Palma. Okay. Right. And I feel like, yeah, Tarantino is taking a cue from that kind of thing, going like, I'm going to use historical these historical events and, and just who cares what happens. Right. I'm telling my story with my characters. Right. So that's exactly what happens in The Untouchables. Like, fucking Frank Nitty died in prison. He didn't get thrown off a roof by Kevin Costner. <laughs> during the you know trial. I mean? Yeah, what? during the trial. During yeah. the trial of a. Uh... You know what I mean? But, like, but here's the thing. The like now, step once upon a time in Hollywood comes out, or Inglorious Bastards come out, and those things happen at the end of those movies, and people are like, "It's crazy." Tarantino was like taking a big step. Nobody give a shit when De Palma did it in oh. The Untouchables, mm. right? You know what I mean? Well, I mean, they're not blowing Hitler's face off. In sure, the movie sure. Theater. I mean, yes, it's it's definitely <laughs> so an order of magnitude, right, 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 yeah, different. Yeah. But, but I mean, yeah, I, mean, it's I feel the same like thing. he's he's like pulling from that again. But I also think that right right now, there's sort of a value for accuracy and things like that that didn't exist well realism is ago. overvalued 100 yeah. oh, sure. yeah. yeah. percent which is which is why we're talking about fucking brian, brian yeah. 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 because that's, Case in that's, point. that's what i love the verisimilitude is a millstone wow yeah. it's like not something you need to worry about when you make mm. a movie that's I think, a t-shirt yeah. right there <laughs> <laughs> Why are we having such a hard time staying on the Fury? The Fury is good. The okay, Fury okay. is good. Yeah, sorry. It's, talk, it's mostly my fault. It's, my, it's all of our fault. Well, the three of us. I'm glad. Way. Well, I'm glad earlier, Kevin, that you said that the movie's kind of dumb because it is kind of dumb. Like, yeah, but I don't, like, again, I don't it's think it's pretty, one of Brian De Palma's. A lot of movies that I like are kind of yeah, dumb. Yeah, it's so yeah. surface, but like, I don't know. Like, anytime I'd start to be like, Mm, what, but wait, what happened to the mom? Or like, what? what how's the government working? I, I like, mean, got sucked back in because it's so visually stimulating. It's a, it's a silly ride, and I think that's what is great about it. Again, it's like not even it's not one of his best movies. It's but it's one of my favorites of Brian. It's one of his movies I've seen the most because I'm mm-hmm. like, I want to watch The Fury. I'd rather watch like a, a lower tier De Palma movie than like an upper tier. Adam right. E. Goen movie or something. Sure. <laughs> well, and like Matt was saying, like, like the silliness <laughs> and the and the weird, the the wonkiness of the Fury is like a feature, not a bug. It's not yeah. like that's not what they didn't like fuck up and right. make yeah. those scenes where Kirk Douglas is interacting with his captives funny. They weren't like accidentally funny. They like yeah. film that was their yeah. exacting scenes where you're like, you this is now it's a weird comedy. Well, there's also about a guy who's searching for his son who he thinks might be dead that. You know, was stolen from him in this like very powers. dramatic shootout, and you're like, but meanwhile he's like running around, to go, going into people's apartments, and like having a little sitcom. Scene I need with your them. pants. Well, there's, there's, a, there's a premium. There's a premium now in movies that are that's placed on like. Well, we have to explore all the nooks and crannies of this narrative. We have to explain everything. We have to, like, uh, set it out for yeah. you. Like, you're saying, like, what happened to the mom? Yeah. Who gives a shit what happened matter. to the mom? Yeah. He's yeah. not taking you on an emotional ride. He's taking you on, like, a sensational ride. Sure. And, and it's I... just, like, we're just telling a story. We're not telling the whole yeah. story. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's a thing that De Palma does really, really well, and he leaves a lot to your imagination, but he gives you enough to just sort of piece together the barest narrative yeah. Because all he needs is a clothesline to hang this stuff on. Hey, he's got that ending already. So. God, that so yeah. is the can greatest we, ending. Can in we go back? Yeah. yeah like, I mean, it literally. I it cannot li- get over it. Can't stress enough. It's one of my favorite endings, and it falls into. I bring this up on our podcast all the time. That like it does the thing that I wish more movies would do, and actually a lot of these thrillers we do on the podcast do this, where like yeah. he blows up. Cut to black. Yeah. Because so many movies want to keep going. They yeah. want to go, like, pretend like people give a shit after the monster's dead. No. And you're like, yep. we don't care. And yeah. the ending of this one is, like, what beyond, beyond what happens to Cassavetes, <laughs> the ending of this is especially tragic. Like, everyone dies. Yeah. Except yeah. for Amy Irving. And she's, and she's, and she's fucked up. with the fury. Yeah. So. <laughs> Kirk Douglas and his, son, and his son, who has become twisted and evil. Are uh, never reunited. <laughs> no, they are. Yeah, they're reunited well, temporarily. they're not reunited in a good way. No, no. His, son, his he, son's, like, hovering. Yeah. He's just killed a woman with his psychic power. He's like, what have they done to you, boy? And he's like, I'll kill you too, dad. And then they end up on a roof. I don't remember how. Yeah. And then he's, like, holding on. This was, I thought this was maybe not intentionally on. funny, but he's, like, holding on to him. And then he drops and dies. And then Kirk Douglas drops and dies, and then it cuts back, and they were like two stories up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like okay, I guess they die. Yeah, the angle of that scene kind of reminded me of like sure. sabotage or North by Northwest right, again, yeah. like hanging from Statue of Liberty, or oh, it's yeah. got that great like blue screen like falling yeah. body stuff. Yeah, too. yeah. 
real fast. Yeah, he, just, he was so distraught that his son died that he's like, he goes, ah, no, I can't go on. And he falls <laughs> off the roof. Yeah. Or falls 20 feet. Is that what happened? Well, I mean, I feel <laughs> like. It is the whole reason he's doing anything in the movie. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, his motivation through the whole movie is just to, to like find his son. And if his son dies, like he doesn't really need to be in the movie That's anymore. The no, no, right. Like he feels bad when his girlfriend gets killed. Like real bad. He, it's yeah. not like he blows it off. He cries on the bus. He cries and drinks on the bus. But it's clear that like. Like, We've all been there. He's he's <laughs> compartmentalized it enough that he's like, well, look, this had to, you know, it's unfortunate. I feel terrible, but I'm I've got a goal in mind here. Right. I mean, that's why it's a tragedy because like then when he meets his son, his son but doesn't twisted. recognize him and was twisted yeah. so much that he he ends up having to kill his son sort yeah. of yeah. inadvertently. But that, I think that that's a good point though cuz I did think about this time when I watched it. It was like I cuz I I feel like I've looked away for a second maybe or something. <laughs> I was like, wait, Oh, he's how dead did, now. How did Kirk Douglas die? <laughs> he fought, yeah, he uh, did he did he just because he just fall and kill himself? Yeah, I think like he because he, he and I mean that's that's tragic because yeah. that's like him and that's the end of his story. He's like ah, the one thing that I had in my life and it's dead and dead. now I'm gonna die. <laughs> Yeah, I don't yeah. need my body, I hope baby. That this very small fall kills me. <laughs> no, it did. Good. It did. What if it didn't and he's just like, ow, oh, my back. Yeah, I think more realistically, <laughs> he would have maybe broken a leg or something. Yeah. <laughs> but everyone, everyone, there's people out there and they see him fall and, and everyone is like, oh yeah, he's definitely dead. There's no way that that guy survived that, uh, that uh, brief plummet. But, uh, <laughs> well, how did she, because she becomes very... She becomes bad at the end, but I think it's partly because she's well, he, like, like absorbed in the eyes. eyes. She's a, he's he's given the like other son like gives her the, the fury. fury yeah. Wait, you think she? You think Amy Irving turns bad? She's not bad. Well, no, no. I mean, she like up to that point, she was still not wanting to blow people up. And with she her couldn't powers. control it when she That's would hurt true. people. So, so like when there's a, there's a scene at the end where Michael, the son, like yeah. looks at her and it goes and flames in his oh, eyes, man. and then it's her eyes. Their and eyes you're like glow. she like she like gives him. She, yeah. He's like giving her the fury. I mean, they both have the fury, but he's like, going, he's like, he's like going like, here's why you should be fucking mad and why you should blow this guy up with your mind. Yeah. Essentially, before he goes and then does their, his whole play with his dad on the uh, rooftop. Do you like, think where, that, do you think that fits in with his like, carry revisionism where it's like these grown-ups are trying to control these kids? Maybe. Mm. Yeah. Maybe the kids, maybe the kids are, uh, the kids aren't all right. Kids aren't all right. Oh my god. <laughs> kids are made of sterner stuff. Yeah, I don't know, but it's but I mean it's cool. And and, and then Amy Irving like fucking blows Cassavetes. I don't know how many times we can talk about like because we could do a whole podcast just about Cassavetes blowing Cassavetes blowing up. Cassavetes blowing up. <laughs> I knew it was coming one of the too. greatest things, right? Bettina was on our podcast last week, and she when we mentioned this, we were doing this. She was like, "The only thing I remember about that movie is John Cassavetes blowing up," <laughs> and I was like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa!" Like a scanner's thing, and she's like, "Yeah." And it, the whole movie, I'm like, well, he's going to blow up at some point. It's going to happen. And then when <laughs> he walks happen. into that room with her after everyone else is dead, I was like, is it going to happen? We've got like two minutes left in this movie. <laughs> oh, it's going to. I like the idea of you just watching the whole movie going like he could ex- explode at any second. <laughs> it's like like the, at any moment, he's like, hey, I need you. <laughs> just gonna blow I watched up. this with my, with my girlfriend who is having a turnaround on Brian De Palma. I mean, in part because I insist on it, but uh, but she, she had never she had never seen this one, and I was like sitting there watching this the whole time with her, going like, "All right, don't say anything. Just, just keep your fucking mouth shut." You go to hell. Going back to when Travis and I first watched it, that was like when he explodes, we did the same thing. I think we maybe stood up and cheered. It is, oh, yeah. it is a stand oh, up and, and we cheer were like, moment. We were like, what the fuck? And it was just us alone in this living room, but I think we went like, whoa! Yeah. And then we like rewound it and we're like, whoa, hold on a second. 
that can't be the end of the movie. Yeah. Yes. I mean, like scanners, that scanners explosion with the that's head That's in like up, the first 15 that's, minutes. That's, that's fucking, yeah. That is fucking awesome. But John Cassavetti's blowing up is like, you're like, how come yeah. people yeah. aren't talking about yeah. this in the same breath where they're like, this should be that. This should be uh, Emil getting run over by the fucking truck and right. RoboCop or whatever. This is like, yeah. Yeah. this is a great exploding body right yeah. here. And, yeah. the way, and the way that it's paced out with the uh, the way that it, you see it a thousand times and yeah. then it cuts to the credits, it's just like, I was watching it with my friend Corey who hadn't seen it before and I told him, I was like, I didn't even like met, like set the expectations low. I was like, the ending of this movie is the greatest ending in the history of film. And he was like, yeah, okay. And then it got, and it got to the end and he was like, Yeah! <laughs> I, I don't even feel like Cassavetes is like so evil that like he like even earns like this huge. Well, he's. Death. I mean, it's like that's the thing is that he's. Well, Cassavetes was like not. He's not like, you know, Darth Vader yeah. or the Emperor or something. Or Emperor, but he yeah. is like he did like twist this guy. He thought he made this guy. So I think like the the thing the is where how she like has his memories now, and so she's blowing him up for. The sake of any, because then now he's like, he's like, well, that kid's dead, and Kirk Douglas is dead anyway. Uh, well, we got this girl though, so we'll turn him, her into but also, a gun. Also, I mean, he's and going, he's going he, in there, and he's, he's like, very smug. I could too. be your father now. Yeah. I'm your father. Yeah, he's like, he's like a real it's pretty disgusting. About it. And you want to see him blow up? Like, yeah, yeah. It's it's such a glorious thing. I kind of wish he was a little bit more evil. And I mean, maybe like, I also like to think that she's punishing him for his actions in Rosemary's. That's baby what I was just well. gonna say. Because that was some bullshit. Yeah, she's it's yeah. I'd say he's more evil in that than he is it's here. Pretty, I also think it's worth pointing out that, I mean, the narrative of this movie is pretty loose. Like, yeah. it's not like anything in it is really, like, foreshadowed or earned in the sense that we're used to now. So, like, yeah, Cassavetti's blowing up is less about, like, does this guy deserve to get exploded and is he getting his comeuppance and more like, isn't this fucking awesome? Yeah. I'm blow up this guy. Yeah. And, and, he is, is. and he is the bad guy. Yeah, he's And he's the only done... From the very first scene, done bad things. You right. don't see him at home with his kids and go like, "Oh, but he he bought his kids. He made his kids ice cream sundaes <laughs> right. or something." You like see him just going like, "And yeah, now we've got him." We're gonna yeah. There like... should have been a flashback to him killing his wife on a boat, and then everybody would have been fine with <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, it's interesting because I was thinking watching the amusement park scene. I was like, "This is really racist when you think oh, yeah. about it." Oh. But like, I. On, on re, like review, thinking about it, but it's like it's intentionally. It so. doesn't. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. Like the whole time I'm watching, I'm not worried about that shit. I mean, there's like, also this, oh, he's gonna kill someone in an amusement park. I know, the, I know where this is going. <laughs> an indoor I, amusement park. Yeah. Yeah, but you don't see that often. But there's also the scene where Michael Douglas has got the white shoe polish in his Kirk hair. Kirk Douglas. Kirk Douglas. And he's like dressed as an old man. <laughs> and really there's like the two black guys like, let's go see what yeah. Gramps is up to. Yeah. That's, like, oh, that's a problem yeah. in... Uh, not dressed to kill. In, dressed to in, kill. In dressed to kill oh, there's right? a scene it's in Dressed really to Kill heinous. too where it's like, oh, the Palma and his black uh, street thugs is oh. like, uh, it's not it's not it good. In, it's not a, a good look in either movie. It's a worse look in Dress to Kill. It's really I would say that, And I would say that, that that brief scene of those guys, those those uh, black youths, like <laughs> wanting to assault old man Kirk Douglas is more racist than the him killing the Arabs because that's the whole point of the movie is that like, he like has been programmed to kill and then like they take right. him out and they're like, we're going to go out and have fun. And then yeah. these guys... Arabs walk in and they're just like there to be at the mall or there's ride even, There's even rides. a scene where he shows and them he, like, like waving at each other. It's like these are nice Arabs. They're, they're like, they're, they're they're like nice they're, the whole point of that scene is to go like they're not all they're, this, this, well, they're right, not all but we've this taught is a you problem to. with that with there's the pro- there's a problem um, with their programming that they fucked the up because then he kills those like, guys yeah. and he's not supposed to do so, that. Yeah. <laughs> so this is a thing that De Palma loves to do and a lot of people don't talk about. Arabs would have been an enemy in the popular American mind in the late 70s because of the oil crisis. He's showing you exactly what Kevin is saying. It's like, these aren't bad guys. I mean, this probably would have been like right at the beginning of the hostage crisis, potentially. Right, exactly. So you're programmed to look at them as that kind of thing. He does this in Casualties of War. He does it in bad movies like Redacted. But he's like... De Palma doesn't get a lot of credit for the fact that he is a politically engaged filmmaker. Yeah. He oh, yeah. does do things like, yeah, the the platform scene in, in Dress to Kill with mm. the black kids. That doesn't work as well. But also, it does play on your assumptions of what those guys are going mean, to do. I mean, but he doesn't in subvert it. Mom, he doesn't subvert it in which, Dress to Kill. Which is why, like, he Correct. does that He does that so much yeah. that, like, when he does the scenes, like, in Dress to Kill where those guys are 
gonna go after her, you think, well, what's the twist where they're gonna not do that? And you go, oh no, they're just doing that. Yeah. Right. So it's, normally he, he does do, he'll like he'll, twist it. He doesn't always subvert it. You're exactly right. But I think he doesn't get credit for being aware of that stuff. Well, right. More than he is. In High Mom, there's like the the theater, like Be Black. Be Black, baby. Yeah, Uh, exactly. And like, it's like the whole like third act of that movie. But like, that's one of those things like I'm watching at home. I was like, is this for real? Like this whole movie has been like, you know, a movie movie. And now it's like handheld Super 8, Mm -hmm. like while they terrorize white people for, like, 25 minutes. You're and, trained to respond to an image. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. I, yeah, that I mean, that was one of the big turning points for me with De Palma. I was like, I don't know. He's, like, he's with it. I don't yeah. know what, what you want to say. He's for, up to something. Mid-70s He knows what he's, doing. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. He knows what he's doing, and then sometimes what he's doing sucks. <laughs> well, I mean, when you, not, yeah. in this, not in this movie, I don't think, but in, like, what I mean, like, Redacted, and like Re- redacted is it suffers from a little bit of more old man syndrome than anything else. Right. I think that's the problem with his like but, okay. later his later output later is that it's redacted like, aside, like something from like Carrie beyond and beyond. Like what's a bad De Palma movie? Bonfire of the Vanities. Tough uh, guys. Uh, Bonfire of the Vanities is a mess. Yeah. Tough, yeah. tough guys. No yeah. wise guys. Wise guys. Wise guys is tough guys. Sure. 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 And wise guys is wise guys is bad because it's him making a comedy. Yeah. yeah. Same it's a straight like, comedy. It's same a comedy that's not like a stealth comedy. Right. It's like nineteen forty. Where Same it's reason. like this is definitely that director doing what yeah. he does, but right. he does not have a grasp. Because yeah, like, I'll, I'll take Belushi over Piscopo any day. Sure, <sighs> but uh, sure. but like it's but terrible. Like, yeah. it's terrible. <laughs> but Danny DeVito's in that movie, and I think yeah. I'd take him over both of those. Yeah, guys. that's true. I would too. But yeah, Spielberg and De Palma both had like they've both made funnier movies that weren't supposed to be comedies. Raiders of the Lost Ark is a yeah. funnier movie than 1941. Yeah. 1941 is like yeah. a comedy. It's supposed to be, it's in the comedy section or whatever. But uh, but yeah, but when these guys try to do comedies, it's like, don't try to be funny. Like Robert Zemeckis is the example of like a big budget filmmaker who has comic timing and makes, that's what he does. When he tries to do non-comedies, you're like, don't do that. Has De Palma made a movie that was like really out of his wheelhouse? I would argue that Bonfire of the Vanities is out of his wheelhouse. It's the kind of thing where you're like, give this to someone who wants to do this kind of thing because they go back to like doing like great technical masterpieces. Mm. But that's the Mm. thing is you watch Bonfire of the Vanities like this movie sucks, but Jesus, how do they shoot this? (laughs) Right. But then you're also thinking about like, why is Tom Hanks playing this character? Yeah. Why is Bruce Willis in this fucking movie? It's not, it's not <laughs> a good movie. <laughs> but he's made, like, terrible movies. And then there's, like, there's something like... Clunkers. Hot take. One of uh, De Palma's most out-of-his-wheelhouse movies is also one of his masterpieces. It's Casualties of War. Oh, that is... I feel like this is a really underrated movie of his. Yeah. And that, that fits with a lot of what goes on in The Fury in a weird way. There's, like, a, there's a very key line in that movie where uh, Michael J. Fox is on the stand. The defense attorney for the United States military, it's Greg Henry, says there's nothing hazardous about being a witness to Michael J. Fox. And that's like... Against everything De Palma's everything, for. Yeah, exactly. De Palma would beg to differ. <laughs> uh, do we have any final thoughts on Fury? <laughs> it's really good. Sorry. <laughs> nah. We love the Fury. For me... And Travis, it's like, you know, it's like a personal, like, it's like our origin story. It's like a yeah, personal movie. It's from your origin. And again, it's not like the greatest Brian De Palma movie. It's not the greatest movie of all time. But it's, it's the like, greatest ending in film history. It's the it greatest, the greatest it's, ending It's one of my history. favorite endings of all time. And I I mean, we've spoiled it on this podcast if you haven't seen it. But again, it's not Brian spoiled. Had, had it spoiled. It's the one thing I knew going in. And it's it a didn't matter. Of it yeah. explodes. I clapped. Yes. And I was alone. You so. can have it explained to you. Give it a goes, shit. You gotta it, he see explodes, it. <laughs> he explodes. His head bounces off a table. Cut to black. And the John Williams score goes, burn, 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 burn. And you're like, whoa, whoa. And a tear rolls down my eye. Like the way the score and like the way that it ended so quickly, it did kind of remind me of Cronenberg's The Fly. Like John Williams' score in this, like if you listen to the, like that versus The Fly, like he, I think you could draw parallels to it. Oh yeah. And then like the way that The Fly ends, it's like he dies. Yeah. You see Gina Davis crying for like two seconds and then fade to black. And this is like the same. The way. Fly. The Fly is like one of those movies. I Good think. That, I think that movie is like. There's like such a great fucking I modern tragedy. Oh, like it's the, a perfect movie. Like it's so yeah. fun. And that ending where she's. 
where he's like pointing the gun yeah. at her head and yeah. she, his head and she's crying and you're like, oh my god, what the fuck? Yeah, the, the, the flies one of those movies get like, here? <laughs> we're, we're, like we as a society are not good enough for the fly. Like that's yeah. how I feel. About really I do. Really I watch that movie about once a year. So yeah, yeah, me too. So good. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, look, I love it. I'm not trying to argue that it's bad, but every time I watch it, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to watch somebody sit there and watch the fly again. And about halfway through, I'm like, oh, God, this is a mistake. <laughs> I don't feel good anymore. Oh, I, <laughs> love, I love that movie. I yeah. think it's great. No, I mean, no. I think it's wonderful. It's I just, just devastating. I'm, I've got a really high tolerance for gore and violence and you stuff. Watch, and, I guarantee there's something you watch every year that is, like, worse than that. Oh, 100%. Bad it's Boys 2. It's called Revenge oh. of the Fallen. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Bay next time. is Bay. Yeah, there next you go. Next time on X-rated movies, Revenge <laughs> of the Fall. Coming back. Uh, don't even. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was thinking like Kevin's been here a lot. This is like his fourth. He's times? like an all-star. I've been here. This is my fourth one. I know. <laughs> I know. So thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Here, I'll take your punch card now. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, <laughs> what do I, do I get like a free a, one? Coming? What do I get a free? What do I get on the tenth punch card? Uh, no one knows. We'll figure oh, it out. Yeah, we'll I'm excited. Travis has been here three times. Yeah. Was it? Was it okay? It's yeah, great. even with yeah. all the uh, you know uh, hazing, where and you're tan, in a diaper yeah. and a bonnet and all that. It's <laughs> no, okay. 100. I okay. love. Look, it's very comfortable. Great. The, uh, <laughs> you look great I'm in that a, diaper. I'm man. a bald man. The bonnet is comfy on my head. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. You're keeping. They that all went through it too. So yeah, yeah, we all, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, we all did went you? through it. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. Sure. We sure did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sent us through the unblinking eye. Paddling of the swollen ass with paddles. All I would say is everybody, everybody, fucking try and watch. Find the Fury however you can. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I know where well, you can find it if you live in Seattle, but... Uh, yeah, Scarecrow's got fucking two copies of it. We do. <laughs> if you like movies and you haven't seen a lot of Brian De Palma movies, watch the good ones. Watch, There's a lot of them. Uh, yeah. It's just pure movie making. Yeah. And, and let it go. If, you, if, you, if you're like, this, this is not enough about sto- a story or this or that, and let it, it go. Turn that off. Get, yeah. get a Blu-ray, get a nice, good-sized screen, and just yeah. savor the work that the man puts just fall, into You'll fall in love with movies images. again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, that's, I, that's, I yeah. know that sounds like a he big, that sounds like a big swing, but I think, it's, I think it's true that you will, if you like, not turn your brain off, because I think that's a dumb thing, but like, if you turn, if you like switch off that thing that you go, this isn't realistic or this, this couldn't is actually a, this happen. is wouldn't actually yes. happen this way if you just turn that off a little turn Stop that asking down yourself what is this guy trying right, to say and just watch and just let the movie happen at you and you'll go oh right movies and yeah. i think you'll have a you'll fall yeah. in love with movies in a different way again not every movie has to have subtext maybe you'll also just fall in <laughs> exactly. love and maybe yeah, you'll just you fall could. in love. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Michael Douglas is, or Kirk Douglas is a good-looking man. You really <laughs> did. Conf- you really did confuse them in this movie. You really, you really did look like Kirk Douglas. Douglas. Wait a minute, you're strangest very, people you're who very ever much lived. on board by saying, uh, "Oh uh, no, Michael on, Douglas on is disgusting." Say, yeah, but now you're like, mm, Kirk Douglas. Michael you Douglas plays a lot. Oh, I'll mean, take Kirk Douglas over yeah, Michael Douglas come on. even now. <laughs> <laughs> they're both still they're both alive if i had to sleep with present day kirk douglas versus present day michael douglas you want him to say i want your body i need your body <laughs> man. I need your body matt i need your body baby michael douglas plays a crucial uh, role on our podcast we have uh, three rating yeah. systems one to five juds that's the kind of overall quality overall quality based on ashley judd and also one to five douglas's which is the sleaze factor i mean mm. is it overall quality or is it overall like how much it meets like I've, this I've criteria value. for me yeah. for me it's like how much it, how much it meets like the prescribed like it's like is this a good murder mystery movie? Right. You know, kind of thing. Like, as, But, I mean, overall quality in general. So, like, a movie could be good and be like, well, that wasn't actually a murder mystery movie. We shouldn't have watched Steel Magnolias for this. It gets zero, <laughs> yeah. it gets zero like, Juds. Yeah, I feel like Steel Magnolias should not get five Juds. No, no, it would get, it would get zero Juds. 100% gets five Juds. It sounded so badass. You're like, Steel Magnolias. It was diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> it was because she didn't drink her juice. Where yeah, was uh, where Ray Lozier? Drink your fucking orange juice, kids! Son you of pieces of shit! Fucking bitch! Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I have to pee. Let's take this opportunity to end this thing. The suspense is killing us. Uh, we're available on uh, you know iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, I recommend listening to those Brian De Palma episodes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you like to follow our discussion here, it's uh, it's bot. People seem to like it. Leave us love wherever you do download us. Your, yeah, your Apple Twitter. Podcasts, your Stitchers. We're on Twitter. Follow us at X Rated Movies. Uh, Facebook. Facebook at Rated X Movies because it got a weird thing about starting your thing with EX. You can email us x.ratedmovies at gmail.com. And go to our website, xratedmovies.com. Uh, until then, keep reaching for that rainbow. Bye.
Yeah. Yay. We did another podcast. Woo! That was great. <laughs>